0: Hi, I'm Adrian Maven, and this is I'm Also, the podcast about people with multiple careers, pursuits, and interests. This episode, I'm talking with comic book writing, animating, poker playing Aaron Christensen from Hamilton, New Zealand. Hello, Aaron.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: You've got a lot going on. Probably I know you from your comic side of things first, so Mm -hmm. maybe we could talk a little bit about that, and your um, Beats the Kangaroo. Can we start there?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Well... Feature Kangaroo is a kind of a character kind of developed in the Warner Brothers style. So I'd say mostly based around probably Bugs Bunny.
0: It's not it's, a kid's cartoon, though, is it? No, it's know? not
1: a kid's cartoon. It's um he smokes cigarettes, he drinks, he yeah, deals with anxiety. <laughs> he's <laughs> a he's a very um adult orientated sort of character. Um yeah, so initially that character was designed for the purposes of an animated short when I was in my third year of animation school. In our third year, we had to make a short film, and so I wanted to do something uh, like a Warner Brothers cartoon sort of thing. and that, So I developed this character, and I put him in a scenario of having to guard a button that he really wants to press, and the, the cartoon's based around his urge to press the button at a top military facility and see what happens and you're still publishing Wolf yeah yeah i've been um yeah i started doing um yeah after working on that i started developing the um character and comic strips for for a brief period there was a weekly strip in the waikato times continued drawing that character and putting out little um, collections of comics that I've had published on that through generally through um through two New Zealand comic anthologies, uh Funtime Comics and Bristle.
0: Yeah, do you find it difficult
1: to sort of uh keep keep coming up with ideas? Uh, no not really. Um it's just there, there's there's always a, a bit of difficulty in coming up with like original ideas and that. Yeah, generally like I'll sketch out when I get an idea, I'll sketch it down and that I and an idea might just be half formed, and then I might have like just an idea, and I'll get the idea down and sometimes sometimes a comic will come very fast, and other times it might take me It might sit there for a year half finished until I'm kind of ready to work on it
0: I was gonna, sorry I was gonna say, you're quite traditional with your drawing, aren't you, as in not much digital.
1: No, I, I hand draw everything and um, I tend to draw it all on the page as well. So I don't like to do little little edits or cut out a panel I don't like and that I kind of like to just get it all done and on the page and that so that at, at the end of it the, the, the whole page is a finished piece of art as well.
0: Are you a frustrated? Do you find it frustrating to do the drawing or is it that's the fun part?
1: No, it's well doing the finished drawing sometimes can be. It's like I like when you come up with the idea and it just flows and you just like sketch it out on a bit of paper and it looks like, like stick figures and then you kind of – then I take that and I go over it and um, and I get to that point. I quite like that point because it's, it's relatively fast and I can see a page – my my page will take shape pretty quickly and that it's like if, if – but say if I do six pages of that and then I have to sit there and do the six-page cleanup version of that – That's a more tedious sort of task and that, like making everything look right. Yeah, and and on model as well, and making sure my dialogue all fits and all that sort of thing as well.
0: Oh, yeah, and you mentioned some of your influences. Have you got a sort of a drawing, or other influences, I guess, drawing
1: mentors? Well, for me, it's when I was a kid, you're always – the comics that were available when I was a kid were probably um like, you know, Walt Disney comics and stories. What else? There was like Asterix and Tintin sort of thing in those British comics like Buster and Wizard and Chips and that. They, those were probably the earliest influences in that TV animation as well from that time. Yeah, and then I guess I guess when I was a little kid I, I used to copy those those drawings and try to draw like that. As as I got older and that, I, I started to like horror movies and all that sort of thing. So then I kind of started getting a bit of a darker kind of subtext going on in some of my comic strips. My style developed from that. This cutesy, I guess, Warner Brothers cartoon style. Well, they they were kind of violent as well. Like if you think about it, they were they were pretty violent yeah. in that. But um, yeah, I guess I guess I just always wanted to push it a little bit more, sort of thing, in that, like make the violence. A little more psychological. Um, if you remember early Ren and Stimpy, John Christopher Lucy would really push that psychological side of the characters and that, and like space madness and all that, um, with them essentially going insane in space and that. So it becomes like more than just a kids' cartoon, but a psychological study. There.
0: Are you drawing anything else, or is it tied into your animation? Or is it sort of?
1: Am I drawing anything else? What else
0: are you? Yeah, drawing. What else are you drawing?
1: Well, at the moment, I'm working on cleaning up a comic for another, another Hamilton artist, um, who's yeah, at the moment not able to. He's he's roughed it all out in that, but he's unable to um, complete it um, due to illness. So I'm working on that, and it's about a hundred page. Um, graphic novel, it's called Ohu, it's centred around three characters on a quest to find one of their one of them's lost their voice, so they're trying to find his voice again and as they travel through essentially the, like a surreal version of New Zealand, um, based around the Ohu community set up, government set up thing that was back in the 1970s where the government Kind of allowed all these little mini villages and around the country. So essentially, hippie colonies.
0: Okay, so animation. How is, it, how is it different from animating stuff to your, you know, comic books? Is there a different process, or is it all just a bit? Is there a different uh, process for that? It's it's
1: kind of like I guess comic book making on the extreme scale. I guess when you're drawing, yeah, when you're drawing every scene and every action. And that so you have to um yeah, I did I did my training at um freelance animation school in in Auckland and then worked on Bro Town, yeah, doing animation and storyboard work there. Yeah, so so my skills have developed in in that way sort of thing. So and and the comic book works work has um helped me be able to lay out a scene really well. And you
0: worked on music videos as well, haven't you?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Years ago Fat Freddy's Drop, Brody. And recently, Davy Bage's um, Rise Above, which I directed and animated the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that looked really good.
1: Yeah, oh, thanks.
0: It's yeah, very impressive. Uh, so, you did the video with did, did Davy Bage. What was involved in uh, sort of going from idea to creation
1: and publication? All right. So, when when Dave asked me about doing a music video on that um the first thing was to come up with an idea he he wasn't sure he didn't have anything said just gave me the song and told me to listen to it and see what i thought in that and yeah i came up with some storyboards of, of what what would become the video in that um the idea originally was to only part animate it and to do some live shots and some green screen and all that sort of thing in that but as this was in the middle of a COVID lockdown as well, sort of thing, so it was kind of not really possible at that point, and we didn't know when you could get out to do any actual filming and that. So he was like, "Ah, oh, maybe we should." Would you be able to animate it? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah," <laughs> <laughs> knowing that that would that would be me for like the next few months drawing. Yeah, so so I so I agreed to it. I also wanted to to actually produce and direct something. So I thought it was a great opportunity and I thought the idea and concept was really cool. If you've seen the video, little Davy Beige is playing his guitar and then his legs stretch and he zips up to the moon and rescues the little astronaut girl that's trapped there and then comes back down to Earth. And yeah, it's quite a sweet little song. My idea behind that was I wanted to tell it story a little journey story and that and do it in a different way so instead of like the standard person traveling left to right on the screen sort of thing i decided to have him go all the way up and then come back down yeah i thought it was original um it was also an animation time saving technique if i didn't have to animate his body and his legs and that because he's stretching it would save me a lot of time with that sort of thing and that so the tricky side of things, though, was again having to design essentially an entire world. in that for it, you have to draw it in your like I drew it in my style, but I had to, I had to figure out how to do all this and that. Um, how much at first I was planning on coloring a lot more of it, but because i was so rusty and i just had a i essentially just was able to use a cell phone camera on an iphone a stop-motion animation app which was really helpful is it when when you take your picture it leaf leaves an onion skin layer so that when i move i can see where my last shot was which made it quite simple for me to to do my animation if i didn't have that it would have been a lot a lot trickier to keep To keep my um, animated characters moving right and all that sort of thing, yeah. So it was a whole big learning process. I had to deal with trying to light when you are doing stop motion, as um, cameras don't like fluorescent lights, which I have in my studio, and yeah, just dealing with some very overcast days that didn't quite help. With the filming process. And yeah, you sync up with the music and everything. That was the easy side in that um, because the music track is done, um, I'm essentially just making sure that my shots are linked up. So so first what I did is I filmed my storyboard. So I've got a rough idea right from the start of how everything was going to be in the music video Um, and then I roughly I did a rough animation of each scene and so then I had a good idea of how it was timing out and if if I needed to drop a shot or like tighten it and all that sort of thing at the end of it um, I actually had shot more I did that deliberately so that when it came to editing I'd have more to play with and that so that I could get the timing right We'll put a link to the video. in the... Yeah, that'd be great do that. Yeah. Okay, Aaron, so
0: we've talked about animation, drawing, but uh, poker, what's going on there?
1: Oh, I've been playing poker for about 14 years. And I guess I, I guess I started playing because my brother, I had dropped my brother off one time and he was like, yeah, yeah, I want money, blah, blah, playing poker. And I was like, what? You want money playing poker? And that and was like, I thought, oh, well, if he can win money, I can win money. So <laughs> I started playing. And back then, like 14 years ago, po- po- the poker thing was at its kind of peak, the World Series of Poker taking off from that over in America, and massive, massive numbers playing the main event. So over here in New Zealand, there was a whole lot of um league poker. It was pretty massive, like a Wednesday night at the Outback in Hamilton would sometimes get like 140 players yeah just crazy and that but over the years that's that's dropped off and those places stopped doing it and that and it's become more clubs have have now like got licenses to like run bigger money tournaments and that so now so now yeah back, back when it was the league thing you didn't have to pay anything to play poker yeah but now it's like um there's pretty much regular tournaments every night of the week sort of thing in that smaller fields but what kind we're of
0: money are we bit.
1: talking about? With, with buy-ins, like a, the club I play at in Hamilton, um, there's like a $30 buy-in. And that with the choice to, like, you can, you can re, if you get knocked out, you can rebuy and you can do one add-on. And that, so that costs you between 60 and 90 bucks on a Friday night. And if you come first, you'll get about, uh, depending on the number of players, probably around $650 for first and money through to fifth or sixth place. Yeah, and that. so yeah, I enjoy it, it's a great psychological game, done well enough to like build up a bankroll so that I've been able to go over to Australia where it's massive over in Australia. They've actually, I'm not sure now, but I do know that when, when I went semi-recently that they said um, online poker had been banned over there. So their big tournaments are absolutely massive, and that there's like thousand players coming to to play play um, week long events, and that. So what I, what I tend to do is just um, save up my winnings and head over there once or twice a year and have a go for the week and see how well I do.
0: What's the What's the thinking process there when you, you know, you've got your cards? What are you thinking? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think when you're a beginner, all you're thinking about is your cards and that and what are good cards. As you, as, as you get better, thinking how can you be more sneaky and get in there with like sneakier hands, like uh, little suited connectors and that to bust those players that may be raising with aces and kings and that and making stronger hands. I think in the beginning, you if you've got top pair, you think you're pretty good if you're... But the better players know that you have got to have stronger hands than that. Like you have got to have straights and flushes and hidden hidden sets and all that sort of thing. And that to bust players and get really a lot of a lot of money out of a weaker player.
0: Are you going to go to Las Vegas? That sort of thing. And
1: Uh, the plan is to go to Las Vegas one day. What what kind of
0: poker? Because isn't there all different kinds? Isn't there?
1: Mostly I play um just Texas Hold'em. You get two two cards and um, you're trying to make the best five card hand that based on the flop turn and river that which are dealt with um betting rounds in between or well, the other one is Omaha where you've got four cards and you have to use two of your cards to um, make the best five card hand by the river
0: I know it's James Bond <laughs> uh, uh, maybe getting back to drawing if, if, you know what's the if you're a young person trying to get into the drawing mm-hmm. um, comic
1: area, I guess, it's quite, is it quite challenging? Um, well, you're probably never going to make any money from doing comics in New Zealand. Uh, just for me, for, I guess, my journey in comic making is just getting them published. And that that's just is what makes me happy in that. Um, having, having something physical to hold afterwards with your comic in it is um yeah pretty cool accomplishment there
0: yeah getting the actual physical copy still is very exciting compared to just seeing something on the screen mm mm-hmm. absolutely yeah what about the
1: drawing tips oh just practice and practice and practice um kind of helps that I had three years of animation school to hone my artwork
0: is there some comic books you'd recommend people checking out
1: um I think it's Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics was a really good one. Do you know that one?
0: Yes, I do. That's
1: brilliant. Yeah. Will, Will Eisner—he's got a lot of good books about um, the, the way he writes his stories, the way he lays out his scenes, and um, subtext that he incorporates into into his layouts and all that sort of thing. In there.
0: Yeah. That- and now we we'll get we'll get to plug a product where you promote something. Oh, okay. see, like, um, up top of yourself or someone else you know, or
1: check out check out all the great New Zealand comic artists out there that have been doing it for years. And yeah, should should be seeing more in that. Um, people like um, uh, Ross Murray and Dara Neville, um, Sarah Lang. Look look up New Zealand comics and see what's there. And that, there's so so much great talent that doesn't doesn't get discovered.
0: Is there anything another major topic you want to talk about or anything?
1: Um, yeah, if you're into comics and all that, also check out the Zine Fests. Um, they're generally – there's one in Towering and there's one in Hamilton, Auckland, Christchurch, uh, Wellington, Auckland and all that. Um, yeah, that's – you can you can meet a whole bunch of great creative people that, that make and produce their own comics and zines and all that sort of thing. They're fantastic.
0: You've organised some of those, haven't
1: you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've organised the Hamilton one for uh, – Not now, but like in the past for five years or so, and that, and yeah, it's just a great way to meet um, um, creative, creative people. So,
0: if people want to want to buy your upcoming comic, where can they purchase it from?
1: Uh, They'll be able to purchase it from Mark One Comics on Victoria Street in Hamilton.
0: Trip to Hamilton—that's exciting!
1: Yeah, give him a ring; he'll post it. (laughs) Oh, even better.
0: And the Mark One Comics website is just is mk1.co.nz. That's mk1.co.nz. Okay, Aaron, thank you for your time, and yep. I look forward to seeing some of your next work.
1: Cool. Are you playing us out with a theme song or something? Oh, I could do that, couldn't I? Stay David yeah, I'm not sure. About yeah,
0: copyright play it out. be great.
1: How brave am I? How tall? When the light